Hello friends who are close as well as friends who are far, far away. We all are in the same space when we tune in to Heart to Heart. This is another episode with your host, J.C. Riley, and I have the privilege and opportunity to sit down with a man who I have come to admire in many different ways. He is an elder in our church, and he's also a leader in many different ways in his family, in his community, and I am just honored to be able to share this conversation with you all. Uh, Brother Nelson, um, would you please go ahead and say hello to everybody who's listening in? Hello, my name is Keith Nelson. I can, I wouldn't give you my whole name because it's very, very long, but Keith Nelson is okay. <laughs> and well, how old are you? I'm 79 years of age. 79 years of age. He looks like he's about 68. And with me being 34, I think it's going to be a great conversation for us to have because we're, we're looking at the world in a lot of ways from two different backgrounds. So I really expect to gain a lot from you during this conversation. You ready? Yes, I am. All right. I was reading in Ecclesiastes, which is one of my favorite books. As a matter of fact, Ecclesiastes is the first book of the Bible that I ever read from the first chapter to the last chapter. I think it's fascinating the way King Solomon shared his experiences as a man and how he was on the search for purpose and meaning only to get to the end where he says, okay, I've tried it all and this is what I conclude. So I found that to be amazing. And I want to ask you, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, he opens up with vanity of vanities. All is vanity. All is empty. All is meaningless. What are your thoughts on that? Eighty, Almost 80 years of life on earth. You've tried a lot. You've been a lot of places. Tell, me, tell us where you're from again. I'm from Guyana, South America. And how many different countries have you traveled to? Uh, Lots of countries. In 80 years? 80 years, yeah. So you've seen a lot. I've seen them. You've been a lot of places. You've had a lot of different experiences. When he says vanity of vanities, what are your thoughts on that? As you grow older, you realize that the things that you've been killing yourself for, when you come out of the workforce, when you come out of trying to make a name for yourself, you realize that they were nothing. It was nothing because you can die one day and you can leave your house behind you, your bank account behind you, your education behind you. You can leave everything behind you and you cannot take it with you in the grave. I've never seen somebody go in the grave with a U-Haul behind them. Yeah, I've heard that plenty of times. And no, I've never but, seen that on the road. But you can rest assured that you're going to take the life he left with you. Let it be good or bad, it's up there in heaven before you. Hmm. That is what, that is what um, Solomon is talking about. Everything that he's been chasing, 
at the end of his life, it makes no difference. It's vanity. And it even sounded like he was disappointed. Yes. You would be disappointed too. If you read from from chapter one to chapter two, he sounds like a person who was betting it all on certain experiences and really hoping like, okay, this is it. Oh, that it is it. This Now this is going to really make me feel fulfilled. But he realized one by one that I'm, I'm still empty. I'm not satisfied. Have you ever... Well, it's growing up in your 24 years. Wanted something badly to believe that you can't live without. Oh, yeah. And then when you get it, you realize, what the heck? <laughs> I, I'm looking for something else, though. I experience, I, I enjoy it for a few days or exactly. a few weeks. And before I know it, I'm, I'm, You're over it. I'm ready for something yes, new. Yes, that's life. That is life. For us to have a meaningful life, we've got to look for something beyond us, beyond okay. ourselves. Okay, so let me ask you this. So when he says vanity of vanities, all is empty, mm-hmm. all is useless. So he's not saying that there isn't any purpose or use to different experiences and to different things. But he's saying, and it sounds like you're saying the same thing. We shouldn't try to find fulfillment in the things and the experiences, but instead in our relationship with God. You know, um, what he's saying really is that everything has its time and place. Okay. You go to, sc- you, 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 you go to school and you learn. You get your degree. And when you reach a certain age and you can't work anymore, your degree is just a, a show on the, on, on the wall. You can't use a degree anymore. Mm. You've passed that. You, you grow, you, you get a car, you get sick, the car is just a showpiece. There's nothing that you could do with the car anymore. So it's chasing after things that have no concrete value. And you know who said the same thing too? Who's in a that? different way? Who's that? Paul. What did he say? Paul, when he became a Christian, when he became, before he became a Christian, he said um, he was trying to be the best Pharisee he could ever be. I remember that. He says, as touching the law, he was blameless. Mm-hmm. But when he realized what it was to have a relationship with Christ, he come to that that is dumb. All it was meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And I noticed that also if I if we continue reading in Ecclesiastes. So he goes from saying all is vanity to then explaining why he thinks all is vanity. He explains different experiences that he's had and things that he observed, such as drinking the best wine yes. and living in the biggest houses and being with so many different types of women and he, observing how the man who works hard f- to provide for his family, he dies <laughs> and everything that he worked for goes to someone who doesn't even care Everybody. for it. Yep. And the rich man 
who has more money than he can ever imagine also dies and his money goes to someone else. Yes. And he gives these, he speaks about the observations and things that he learned. And then in chapter 12, which is the last chapter, he says something that stood out to me. He says, remember your creator while you are young. young. So at 79, almost 80, when you look back over your life, what is the benefit of us being mindful of our creator while we're young versus waiting until we're old? How many times have you heard someone say that? Oh, I just wait until later on in life to then start thinking about living my life in the way that God wants me to live it. You'd realize that when you get older, because Christ is God's promises that you'd never leave us or forsake us. And if you accept him when you're young, you'd realize that even though you stray from him, he's still with you. Mm. I have almost died four times. Is that right? Yeah, four times. You mind telling us about Three that? Three times I could remember. The fourth time I could, the, the, the first time I could remember. The first time I was six years of age, and this is what I was told, that I had double pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And the doctor sent me home to die because he said there's nothing could do it. Is that right? And my grandmother bought bush that was in the yard and gave it to me, and I survived. Wow. Okay. The doctor said you were going to die. The doctor said I was going to die because there's nothing Your grandmother bought your bush. bush. Wow. Herbs from the yard. We call wow. them bush. Wow. Okay, and I survived. When I was 17 years of age, we used to go in the river and swim. I was not a good swimmer. Mm-hmm. The river's a wide, wide river, and I had my brothers and some other friends that we swimming. But they all them swam across the river, and they were calling me to come swim across, and I swam across the river. And then in my excitement, they said, I can go back right away because I don't be left of it. <laughs> and I, went, I jumped and went back right away. In the middle of the river, I, I sank. Was it because you were tired? Or? Yeah, because I was okay, tired. Okay, so you were out of breath. So I, I went down and I, I knew I was drunk. I was under the water. I was told that they saw me come up two times and they went back down. And a guy, never forget his name, he jumped in and he, he put his leg, his head between my legs to ride me up in his back. Mm-hmm. And I put his leg, his head in the scissors lock. And he had to bite me for me to lose it because he was strong. And then he came wow. back with his hands open like this mm-hmm. and raised me over, water, over the water and swam in with me. And they pumped out a lot, a lot of water out of my body. Oh, wow. Okay, I almost died. This, that's the second time. The third time, I was married with my first wife. Mm-hmm. And I used, to get, I used to leave in her. Every Friday afternoon, I gone, drinking. I come back Sunday after. I would come back Sunday, drinking me and my friends. And this this weekend, I went and was drinking, and I came back, <clears throat> totally drunk. Mm-hmm. And the house was locked. Up. She locked up the house and went to her mother. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna put on some split pea soup." 
and eat it and then go to sleep. <clears throat> and when I, whenever I'm drunk, the, the only thing I like to do is sleep. I sleep deep, deep, deep when I'm drunk. Yeah. And I put on this piece of soup and... Oh, I want to see where you're going. It burnt. The whole house was in smoke. Oh. And I just found myself coughing. <laughs> coughing. I, I can't breathe. I felt, and I opened my eyes. I thought it was Jimmy because I couldn't see anything in front right. of me. And then I remember the stove in the kitchen. Wow. And I feel my way to the kitchen. I picked up the stove and it was so hot. I just put it in the, in the, in the sink mm-hmm. and I started opening the windows. I could have died there. Absolutely. And wouldn't even known it. I wouldn't even know it. Wow. When I, when I opened the windows, people thought there was a fire because if you see the smoke, it's the smoke was so thick. Yeah. Wow. And then the fourth time I almost died, it was, I went um, in 2017, I went for my annual physical. Mm-hmm. And the doctor told me, um, after I did an um, EKG, they told me, Something is abnormal in my heart. They're going to send me to Atlanta Heart for um, a checkup. When they sent me to Atlanta Heart and they did an intensive checkup with me, they said, you got to go into the emergency right away. Mm. Because I had four blocked arteries. This was in 2017? Yeah, 2017. Okay. Four blocked arteries. Wow. The artery you ever saw, have you ever seen one of those um, clungs making something with, with balloons. Mm-hmm. When you tie the balloon. Yeah, when they, yeah. That's how, I, used that's to make, how, I used to see them make animals out of it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how my heart was. That's wow. what the arteries were. It tied in the middle of very, th- and the two sides bulging. No blood flowing no through blood to the heart. Four arteries. Wow. And they had to do an emergency um, operation right there and there. As a four-timer, I almost died. Wow. Why do you think God, why do you think God allowed me, I mean, um, saved me from dying? Hmm. I asked him many times, and the only reason I could come up with is that he knew where I was heading. Okay. I didn't know where I was heading. Mm-hmm. He knew where I was heading. And it's when he said that he would never leave you or forsake you, that is what he's talking about. Wow. Even though, that's why um, David could say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil. I fear no evil. So thank you for sharing with us as well about those four times when you almost died. And you on your way to, to sharing with us your thoughts on why we should remember our creator during the days of our youth. Versus putting it off, waiting until we get older. We got plenty of stuff we want to do. We got a lot of fun we want to have. So talk to us about that. Because in your youth, wise, wise, growing up, you realize that if you have a connection with God, you realize he guides you. Mm-hmm. And if you, it's just like the prodigal son. If the prodigal son wasn't, didn't have a foundation, he would not have known when things got hard, where to go. Mm-hmm. When he couldn't help himself anymore, he would not have known to go back home. Right. When you, when you know your, the, the God in your youth, 
you'd know where your help comes from. But if you don't know God in your youth, you'll be butting your head all around the place. Mm. You would not know where to get help. You would uh. go to everybody who can't help you. Mm -hmm. You know, something that just came to my mind while you were speaking is that when we remember the Lord and when we become more mindful mm. of the Lord and choose to live for the Lord in our youth, it also leaves us with less baggage when we get older because sin causes baggage. Making a bunch of decisions based on short-sightedness and selfishness when I'm 40, 50, 60, I'm carrying a lot more baggage, a lot more stress, a lot more scars than if I were to choose to follow the creator in my youth. I would go into my older years with less baggage than I would if I choose to live in sin or continue in sin since we're all born in it. You know, th that sounds good. But I had a pastor, a very good friend of mine, Pastor George. He used to tell me he never drank, he never smoked, he never womanized. And I said, Pastor, you cannot tell me how to live then because you never had experience. You think so? Yeah, how you gonna, what you're going to tell me is what you read in a book. But you never had a practical experience. So you, so wait, wait, wait. I've heard people say that before, and I'll be honest with you, it always baffles my mind. So you mean to tell me that I need to go out and experience cocaine? No, 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 cocaine no, 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 In no. order to, no, 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 in order no, no. to be able that to, is not what I'm to saying. minister to a, a person who's that, addicted to cocaine? That is not what I'm saying. What, so I'm what saying, are you saying? What I'm saying? Look at the Bible. Right. Look at all the patriarchs and prophets. Yeah. All of them went through something. Of course. Yeah. They all had to have an experience right. to be able to, 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 um, to recognize and appreciate mm -hmm. God more. Understood. If you don't have an experience that, you know, God, Christ now made that, that, that same thing. He says, when he went to, um, to Simon for the meal, and Mary came and she was washing his hair, his foot with his hair, and and she, uh, she washed his feet with her tears and dried with her hair. Yeah. And Simon told him, Simon said, why do you allow that you know who's the person doing that? Mm -hmm. He turned to Simon and said, you know something, Simon? Those who have more to be thankful for is who love you the most. Mm -hmm. Those who is forgiven more, loves more. Loves more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I always have a gold spoon in my mouth, I don't know what it is to live with a silver spoon. Understood. So, but not, not that you have to go out and look for experiences. Right, because but I was they gonna are going to come your way. And I was going to ask you. They are going to come your way as growing up. They're going to come your way. Understood. And we all have unique experiences, yes. right? Yes. So even if he didn't drink or smoke, yeah. he still had other life experiences that has helped his relationship and but, with God but, and also help him to be able to relate more with people, don't you think? Yeah, but I'm telling you, but if you've never drank or smoked, you don't know what a man who drinks and smokes is experiencing. 
Understood. But do you need to have that firsthand experience in order to be a friend? No, to the person who knows not to be a friend. But but all that you could tell me is talk to Jesus about it. You think so? Pray about it. You know what I think is interesting about what you're saying? Hmm. We put our faith in Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Who lived as a man, put on our flesh. Jesus, according to the Bible, never had any sexual intimacy. He was never married. He never drank. He never smoked. Yet, we look to him as our example. Yes. So why would we even look to him as our example of how to live when, according to what you're saying, he can't relate to you and I? He could relate. <clears throat> he could relate to you and I. How? Because he put on flesh. He was covered with human flesh. And the human flesh is sinful. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had a a deeper experience with his father mm-hmm. than you and I could have. Mm. If you and I could have the experience he had with his father, we wouldn't sin. Mm. And when Christ tells us, be holy as I am holy, you know what the next thing he said? But if you sin, confess your sins and f- I'm faithful just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Because he knows that we will sin because we're clothed in this human, sinful body. <clears throat> and in addition to the body that we're in, or the flesh that we're in, the carnal mind. Right? The carnal mind, Romans yeah. 8 speaks about the carnal <clears throat> mind being at war against the laws of God. In addition to that, there's so much more for us to unlearn in regards to the understanding that we have of God, of yep. his principles, yep. of his character, that I think we have to war against that sometimes slows up our process yep. in maturing spiritually. I, you know what, I honestly believe, when I look back and see what religion has done to people, mm-hmm. I honestly believe that one of the biggest hindrances we have in human Christian growth is religion. Mm. Because you could go to a church for the for all your life, you never go out and witness anybody. And you never what? Go out and witness to anybody. Okay. Because you believe as the church tell you, come to church. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you go. They tell you come to church. Mm. And if you miss church, they won't know why you miss church. And Jesus says, go. Yeah, Jesus go, go into all the world. Two opposites. Wow. And I tell you what, that's going to have to be, if you would like to, a conversation for another episode. Okay. Because we can really spend an entire episode on the, talking on that. about that alone. Yes. So while we're bringing this episode to a close pretty soon, let's go on to the <clears throat> end of Ecclesiastes, the last three, the last two verses, verse 13 and 14, he says, all has been heard. The end of the matter is this. Fear God. Fear God. Reverence God. Yes. And live in harmony with his commandments. 
because God will bring every work into, into judgment, judgment. with every good. secret thing, it whether it's good or, evil. or whether it's evil. So he, he opens up with all his vanity. He then shares many experiences that he had, things that he observed and explain why he thought all was vanity and even why he was frustrated with this whole process of life. And he got to the end. And to me, when I was reading it, it seemed as though he had discovered it. He discovered what he was looking for. He discovered what we're all looking for. He discovered the meaning of life. And then he sums up it all with saying, reverence God. You know, before, this is what it boils down to. You know, Go before, ahead. Let me hear you. Before he, before he, before that voice, he said something that messes up Christians. He said, many books have been written. Beware. And we read everything that mankind could write. We read man's thoughts and believe it. If I could put this into action, I'd be a better Christian. And the book you should be reading, you don't read. Okay. And he said, and that's one of the things he said. Mm -hmm. He said, many books have been written in his day. I think that's in verse 11. <clears throat> no, that's with verse 13. Okay. No, it's not verse 13. Verse 13 is all has been heard. Yeah, but he, 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 he I think it's, it's right before that he even says it. Right before those last two verses. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. just before those first two verses yeah, he said, yeah. yeah. And that's what messes up. So you think we read... We read everybody's opinion about God. Do you think we read too much of the yes. wrong stuff? Yes. Or do you think we read too much in general? No, we, we read too much of the wrong stuff because... Too much of the wrong stuff. And, and we put our faith and trust in the books we read. Okay. Now, you would you, not put your faith and trust in the Bible. But are you... Let me ask you this. Are you suggesting that we only read the bible or no, that no we, no no or that we make the bible our main source of study you know okay so you're saying you we think we should make it our main the, source of study you know um i heard some a pastor say once that every book has add up to the bible mm -hmm. the bible does not add up to any book the bible is the main book Okay. Well, if the Bible is the main book, why am I reading the subsidiary books? And you're talking about in regards to salvation. The salvation. Okay, because and, and, and to, and to if I'm living. studying for a math test, and I'm to not right reading, living. But if I'm studying for a math test, I'm not studying the Bible for that. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. So, okay, you're talking for about right for salvation, for, for right, right living. living. Yes, yes, Relationships. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, yes, understood. Yes. Because, um... Understood. Christ tells us, in John chapter 12, verse 48 and 49, he says, um, he is not going to judge us. Mm -hmm. The words that he has spoken will judge us. Mm. Now, where do you find the words that he has spoken? In the Bible. In the Bible. Yes. Now, let me put it to you this way. Mm -hmm. I think I've asked this question before. If you are in school doing literature, and you have two literature books, and the teacher tells you at the, at the beginning of the week, at the end of the week, say you're doing two books, Psalms and, and Proverbs. Right. Say you do Psalms 
And the beginning of the week, the, the, the preacher tells you, I'm going to give you a test this week from the book of Psalms. Okay. Which book you'll be reading? The Psalms. So I'm ready for the test. God says, Christ says, everything that I have written, I've, I've said, mm -hmm. you're going to be judged by. Mm -hmm. Why am I reading what Tom, Dick, and Harry say? I see what you mean. I could be reading what he says. And if I do read <coughs> Tom, Dick, and Harry, it needs to be after uh, yes. I become Versed. familiar yes. with and versed with what Jesus has said according to the Bible. Good advice. Good Let advice. me ask a question here. How many books you have read from cover to cover? I don't know. It's many books. Quite a few. Have you ever read the Bible from cover to cover? Yes. You have? Okay. Yes. Maybe not as many times as you, but <laughs> yes. So, so since you're since you're seventy nine, I'm thirty four. I still got a little time to catch up. <laughs> no, because lots of people don't read the Bible from cover to cover. Mm -hmm. They take a book here and a book here. The Bible is one story. Mm, I see what you mean. The Bible is one story from Genesis to Revelation. Is one story. Okay. But you would select this book mm -hmm. in the Bible and say, oh, "I don't have to read that because I can understand." You can't understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. Look, we do Revelation right now, and we have you and, and in one of the commentary I read, I read that you can't understand the Book of Revelation unless you read the Book of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, and and some other book. Daniel. Daniel. Mm -hmm. If you read those books, then you will know what Revelation is speaking about, because all those things were foretold in those books. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Now, as we wind <coughs> down, what would you say to the 40-year-old you if you were able to sit down with him and have a conversation today? If he was sitting right here, right now with you, and he said, hey, man, at 79, I just want to know what is your advice to me? What would you tell him? That's a heavy topic, but I'll tell him, <clears throat> know where you want to go. Mm. And put all your heart, mind, and soul in where you want to go. Mm. You know, I, t I have told my kids, I said, you know that you're going to reach the age of 40. When you reach 20, when you graduate high school, Take five years out of your life and get in the and get and, and, and have your career done back. Five years out of your life, whatever you, you, you envision being, dedicate five years of your life to being that. You have the rest of your life to enjoy it. Mm. Most of us don't know what we want in life. And when we are 40, 45, then we start looking your career, you believe that your you believe that your your life has passed you because you're now going to the half century mark. And you believe your life has passed you and you didn't make provision for the second half of your life. Hmm. That's what you have to do. Make provision for the second half of your life. I only really discovered this after 
I really gave my life to Christ. I discovered what, what, what um, Solomon is saying. Every experience I ever had in life was vanity. Everything I ever earned in life was vanity. Mm -hmm. Where is it now? Mm. Where is it now? If I'd put in, if I'd put in into my future, back then, what I put into my present back then, my future would be, well, I wouldn't say that because God had my future in his hands. But, you know, I might not have been able to give you the experience that I'm giving you now. Wow. And I appreciate you sharing some of your experiences and insight with me and also with our audience who's going to be listening in. Well, this was good. This was great. I want to thank you so much for taking a few moments with us and sharing from your vault <laughs> of 79 years of experience. Wow. Well, family and friends, this brings us to the end of our episode. Every now and again, I like to just sit down and have a heart to heart conversation with someone who is willing to share. I think everybody has a story that's worth being told. And I hope that you have been able to gain some value from this conversation as I have. So again, uh, my brother and elder, thank you so much. You're welcome. Mr. Keith Nelson for sharing with us. And who knows, maybe when you're 95, we'll sit down again and have another conversation. <laughs> who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows. So I wish you all, everybody who's listening in, a wonderful experience ahead. Thank you again for tuning in to Heart to Heart with your host, J.C. Riley, and my special guest, Mr. Keith Nelson. Until, I, until you have a closing yeah, thought. And I hope that something that I've said would make you want to live the life that you should live. Put your faith and trust in something higher than yourself. That's the only way you could live a good life. Wow. Well, with those words, we're going to close this one out. Peace, power, and progress. <laughs>